0: well hello and welcome back to another episode of bible prophecy for today my name is heather and uh, i'm gonna give you some news and views from a west texans biblical point of view one you're not gonna find in your mainstream media hey folks welcome to today's podcast and uh, it is july the 2nd on a sunday and I have a couple articles uh, from a few days ago I want to talk about, and I have ones uh, for some uh, yesterday and the day before. So a lot of stuff happening in the news today. Can't even keep up with it anymore. But big news, big news. Pastors are twisting the Bible for LGBT movement. How do we get here? It's an article by Kim Ham. You can find it at dot com and uh, one from the gateway com is by Christina Layla uh, King Charles activates quote climate clock warns there is six years left to limit global warming mm-hmm you know where we're going with that and you know him, you love him. He is my favorite. It is Leo Holman, H O H M A N N dot com. Atlanta Airport goes full dystopian using digital face recognition IDs, fulfilling of Schwab's prophecy that humans will be digitized. And this is by, um, this was uploaded actually by Jim Hoft on his uh, TheGatewayPundit.com's um, column, but it is by Leo Holman you can probably find that at leohoman.com as well. And what else? The UN's proposed seven-year plan, prophetically significant, asked Jonathan Brittner. Well, I don't know. We'll talk about that article today as well. And there's a whole lot more that I want to talk to you guys about, but just, you know, not enough to cram into an hour's podcast. So... Oh goodness, I do have some very disturbing and sad news. One of my dear dear friends of years and years ago, uh Lisa Anderson, she passed away Wednesday, um unexpectedly. She was 52, would have been 53 August the 2nd, and folks, I'm heartbroken. She and a couple other folks were a huge part of my early 20s and um I'll tell you why I'm really, really heartbroken, because, you know, we all miss and love our loved ones who have gone on to be with the Lord, but my sweet friend was a homosexual, and um, she was uh, married, I guess. I found out later that she had married another woman, uh, I think in 2013 or 12 or something like that, and uh, I was very, very heartbroken over that, and so... You know, everybody's like, you don't know their heart is what they always throw out there. Their heart. Let me tell you something. ain't your heart. Uh, The heart is desperately wicked above all else the Bible says. But it's you don't know their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, I know she knew Jesus. Um, I know that uh, she had prayed. Um, But the thing is, the Bible tells us um, that you can't live knowingly that lifestyle and still be you know, uh, in, in obedience to God's word and his truth in the Bible. And, um, you know, I, I've wrestled with this for days now and I'm just truly heartbroken because she knows, she knows how I felt about that. She knows, she knows I'm a Christian. I didn't shy away from telling her what the Bible says. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, we grieve for those who we've truly, truly lost, You know, and uh, like they say, um, I'm just I'm just at a total loss. You guys, I'm just heartbroken and I've lost several, several friends this year and ones that I know most definitely have gone on to be with the Lord. And then there are those that you don't really know, you know, but I tell you what, she had a, a, a very dramatic or traumatic childhood and the Bible says um, that if you were to hurt one of these little ones, his children, that it would be better if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown to the depths of the sea and uh, than for you to hurt one of his children. And so, you know, I take a lot of that into consideration, but I can't can't change Um, what the Bible says, and the Bible says is true. You can't believe just certain parts of the Bible that you want to believe and ignore other parts. There is a hell, and it is for real, and it is for eternity. And uh, so if you know somebody right now who um, is in a lifestyle that is against God's word, that is an abomination to God's word, you might want to talk to him again about the love of Jesus. The only real love. It's not love is love. Like they want to tell you. Not all those people that lie to these to these folks who struggle with um, same sex attraction and they tell them that their feelings are legitimate and that they're OK and there's nothing wrong with that. Especially pastors who call quote air quote pastors who tell these people, oh There's nothing wrong with that. God is love. But they don't tell you the truth of the word of God. There's a special place in hell for those people. And uh, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that pastors don't stand up and preach the word of God. And call out these effing preachers, you know, like old Pastor Olsteen. That's just not God's best. God's best. And then you have the southern baptist convention that was meeting uh on whether or not to allow women pastors i never thought i'd see that day my aunt always told me my mama did too find you a southern baptist church and you know they will preach you the word of god that's not the case anymore you guys i do belong to a southern baptist church but we do preach the word of god and uh you know unfortunately the church that i attend has been part of the sbc for since its inception so in this church has been there for all 50 60 say almost 100 years and um do we adhere to uh, what the sbc has to say about all no my pastor believes that the word of god is inerrant women pastors are a big no-no the bible says no 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 for a reason people are like we're just a blah 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 you're just whatever no god made women and men equal we have we are equal in the eyes of god but we have different roles you know in a marriage you know the man is the head of the woman the woman is head of the children christ is the head of the church christ is the head of the man of the woman and the whole thing there's the bible has this for a reason we complement each other it's called complementarianism we complement one another And uh, when you stray from the Word of God and you go towards this culture and you go to these so-called churches that tell you homosexuality is okay, God loves you just the way you are. God wouldn't send you to hell, to the lake of fire forever and ever to be tormented. No. No. Of course not. What, What kind of a loving God would do that? They lie to you. Remember what Satan said? Did God say? Yeah. Folks, I am just heartbroken over my friend. But all the more reason to tell people the truth about the word of God before it's too late. You never know when God's going to call you home or when God's going to call your number and uh I I don't know what else to say about that you guys (laughs) I just don't know but I will tell you these headlines are pointing to Christ's soon return very very soon and uh if you had a chance to watch uh Pastor Billy's update on Klaus Schwab today I watched it on the Facebook live and it was on point the Mark of the Beast brain chips Elon Musk Neuralink, all these things and they make it sound really good like look we have this brain chip in this dude and look he was paralyzed after a motorcycle accident 20 years ago look he's walking with his thoughts oh my gosh isn't that amazing yeah it's amazing but <laughs> they can control your thoughts folks they have the dream center you can pick your dream you can do this and like pastor really says they've been conditioning us with movies all this time to condition us to what their plan really is look at total recall look at all this stuff and i'm not a big movie watcher uh, i don't watch a lot of movies and i never really have been a, a big movie watcher just never have never really cared about going to the movies you know just eh, give or take i'd rather be outside doing something you know with my horse my dogs whatever you know especially when I was a kid. But mom and dad, we used to go out. It was kind of a, a thing with our family. You know, we'd go to Hastings. I don't know if you guys ever had Hastings, where you're from, <laughs> talking about age blockbuster, you know. We'd go to those places where we'd pick out movies on the weekend. And that's what we would do on Sundays. You know, after dinner, we'd uh, watch movies. You know, Friday night. You know, mom and dad get off work. You know, we go, they go pick out movies. And, you know, we'd watch movies. So, I mean, it was, but not going to the was. And I just, I just, you know, I, I loved, you know, watching movies with the family, but by myself, you know, I don't I don't really watch that much. I don't watch movies. I've just never been a big fan. Because, you know, they were cursing so much and they're taking the name of the Lord in vain and I just won't I like what was that uh eighteen hundred or whatever, there's like that movie out uh on um was Amazon Prime or whatever and everybody's like Paramount Plus, whatever, I don't know, everybody's like, Oh, yeah, it those filmed close to where I live and uh, I turned out, I said, oh, this would be a good Western. Like, I, I like cowboy shows, you know, like Westerns. And so I flipped it on. The very first episode, within the very first five minutes, they had already taken God's name in vain. I flipped it right off. And I said, well, it would have been a good show. <laughs> but I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I'll just overlook it and keep watching. Well, you can do that, but I can't. My conscience won't let me do that. If you profane the name of my God, I don't really want to watch your program let me get some coffee mm. Mm. guys we're living in a day right now in an age right now that it's okay to profane god's name it's okay to use jesus's name as a curse word um, it's okay to do all this thing culturally and they don't care who they offend they don't care about christians they don't care about offending us oh but you, you don't ever hear somebody oh muhammad you know nobody ever says his name in vain <laughs> um because he's not for real that's why i'd be like saying cheeseburgers i say that a lot <laughs> oh cheeseburgers um but uh they don't care this is an anti-god culture that we live in there in rebellion to almighty god they serve satan and the bible says if you're not for god you were for satan whether you know it or not or you want to believe it or not or admit it or not you are today is a day to get right with god don't wait don't wait another one we all have sin that we struggle with whether that be same-sex attraction drugs alcohol gluttony um you know uh, whatever adulterous relationships whatever stealing um thinking immorally serving another god another idol like money um whatever we all have our sin that we should we call it our secret sin but god knows it's not a secret but we like to think it is but we all have that certain sin and I was watching, was it Pastor Media the other night? It says, you have to pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? We are in a war, in a spiritual battle, folks. We're in a spiritual battle. And Satan knows that sin that gets you every time. He knows what's temptations to punch, you know, to get you to sin. You know, I get angry. Mine's anger. I know that. And, uh, you know, um, especially with, you know, where I live, the neighbors right now slamming doors, banging, clanging, all kinds of stuff. Kids screaming, whatever, you know. (laughs) The laughter of kids is like heaven, though. You know, that's like music. That's different than, you know. And it's not really the kids screaming, it's the adults. (laughs) But he knows which buttons to push. So we are in a spiritual battle. So when we pick up our cross daily and follow across means we have to put down those thoughts what does jesus say take those thoughts captive turn them over to christ that's what i do i take them to thought man and best give them to jesus as soon as that falls in my mind oh yeah i rebuke that in jesus name here yeah boom but if we don't and we let those thoughts build a nest in our head you know we're like oh you know you entertain like take it inside you entertain those thoughts mm, then you get yourself in trouble so we pick up our cross daily. We fight against those temptations. We fight against the devil and his little minions, you know, whispering stuff and tempting us. And all. So it's a struggle every day. So no matter what that, you know, sin, like my friend, she was a homosexual. You know, she would have repented and have come to Christ and had done away with that, turned away from that sin, even though she struggled with it and still fought with it, you know, every day then that's different. But when she married the other person, the woman, then it became different. It became a lifestyle. It became, you know, you know, it became living in that sin unrepentantly. And so I think that's what I struggle with the most. Because when I read her obituary, I didn't know that. And I hadn't talked to her in several years. I think 2021 was the last time I spoke with her. But it was just through messaging. And I hadn't seen her in such a long time. And the thing, the thing is, she was the sweetest, kindest person I have ever met in my life. And I'm not saying that besides my daddy. <laughs> he, was the, he was a gentle giant. He was a big teddy bear. She had a contagious laugh. And she would do anything for anybody. And so, that I think just, just, uh, just uh, nearly rips my insides out. You know. So we live in this world, and we 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 tell people the truth. We tell them, we preach the truth. But then there come along them other folks that say, "Oh God." Did God say that that was wrong? Did he really? Well, that was the Old Testament they like to throw up. That was the Old, the New Testament. Jesus doesn't say anything about it. Jesus does. Jesus says a marriage between a man and a woman. And the Old Testament does speak about homosexuality. It's in Romans. since <laughs> several other places in the New Testament. As well. Homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Homosexual will not here. you know what I mean? Effemate, which means you are a male, but you are you present yourself as like a female you're very um feminine we would call those drag well i wouldn't even call them drag jump drag queens look demonic but we live in a world today de- and i i don't know why i'm off on this tangent but i guess because my friend has just been on my heart since i found out thursday uh or friday i i, I, I mm, yeah i found out i found out friday but uh um i don't know but we live in an in a day where culture screams that this is okay, and we have the governments and um, these quote unquote medical doctors and all these people telling you that it's okay, and oh, let's just change little Timmy into a, a, a little Jane, and let's just take Jane to make her a gym, and uh, it's just evil, it's child abuse. And then as you grow older, you know, nobody really steps in to tell you that it's the truth, but if they do, you get angry. And uh, you don't want to hear it or you ignore the person because you don't want to hear the truth because they represent the truth because they are the salt in the wound of your sin. And you don't want to be around those people, you know, and you would much rather migrate to the folks who tell you that your sin is okay, Tell you, hey, God loves you anyway. You know, tells you that your that your sin is not really a sin. No, that's not a sin. That's a mistake. They say that a lot. Uh, misappropriation of funds. Yes, all the money. You know, call it what it is. But they don't. And we have these pastors out there like Andy Stanley, Joel Osteen, Furtick, all these people out there that tell them that this is okay. That a firm... Their lifestyle, the Methodist Church. Yeah, when they voted for that, and God struck their steeple with lightning, it probably should have told them something, but it didn't. Same thing with the Baptist Church; they got struck too, folks. The Southern Baptists. Let me clarify that, (laughs) guys. We we live in 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 a dark dark society and and as Christians we really do shine bright during these dark days the darker it gets remember the brighter we shine because we have Christ living in us don't hide it under a bushel <laughs> let your little light shine you know which is <laughs> not quite biblically accurate as Brett Meter says that this little song was <laughs> but um, today's the day we need to all the more reason to tell people the truth and love. Don't say, you're gonna go to hell, you know. Don't screaming at these folks. You got to tell them what the Bible says. The Bible says that a homosexual lifestyle is a sin. The Bible says she will go to hell. The Bible says we have to tell them. You have to tell them the truth because we love them, not because we. You know they they, they talk about. Like we're such haters and stuff. Listen, folks, if we didn't love these people and didn't want them to know the truth, we would keep our mouth shut and just let them go to hell by the droves, right? What benefit does it us if we go and tell them and they get angry and they curse at us and we're cast out of society and all this other Really? Because we love them, that's why. We are willing to be persecuted because we love them. And one day, may they... Turn to Christ, repent of their sins, and accept him as their savior. Ask him to be their savior. Ask him to save them. Then they'll understand. Or, if not one day, they'll be in hell thinking about that time and all those Christian friends and all those strange Christians that they didn't even know when to try to tell them the truth. And they denied it and and, and didn't want to have anything to do with it and cursed them or whatever. And now they're in eternity of hell in a lake of fire. Tormented day and night, never to cease for eternity folks uh, i don't even know i don't even know anyway well <laughs> let's check out some articles oh my goodness guys so sustainable development goals jonathan bretner this is at jonathan posted on the 27th of june 2023 so the U.N. recently announced that they need, quote, seven years of accelerated transformative action to achieve the SDGs. The SDGs are the 17 Sustainable Development Goals that the U.N. put in place eight years ago, through which they intend to establish a one-world government. Hmm. Revelation. Hmm. 13. Anyway, anyway. Below is a quote from the UN's website regarding the upcoming summit during which they hope the leaders of the world will commit to a seven-year initiative to achieve all their SDGs. And I quote, so the SDG summit in September 2023 must signal a genuine turning point. It must mobilize the political commitment and breakthroughs our world desperately needs. It must deliver a rescue plan for people and planet. At the center of this rescue plan, heads of state and government must recommit to seven years of accelerated, sustained and transformative action, both nationally and internationally, to develop on the promise of the SDGs leaders can show their resolve by adopting an ambitious and forward-looking political declaration at the SDG summit in presenting global and national commitments for SDG transformation. Jonathan goes on to say, is the fact that the globalists of our day are thinking in terms of seven year prophetically significant folks, you know, I say this all the time, 2030, 2030, we're in 2023. Macy, hmm, wonder. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Johnson goes on to say, those who believe that these seventy weeks of Daniel nine, twenty-four through twenty-seven remain relevant for our day would answer yes. They teach that the last week of seven years, as the prophet described in nine twenty-seven, awaits a future fulfillment. Those that deny the restoration of a kingdom for Israel won't place any prophetic significance in the UN's seven-year plan. That's because they claim that Daniel's prophecy of seventy weeks is no longer relevant. Because the church is now God's kingdom on earth, and thus there's no seven year tribulation followed by Jesus' thousand year reign described in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 10, which position aligns with the words of Scripture. He says, Let's examine the evidence. And yes, let's shall, shall we, Jonathan? Because I know you're going to tell us the truth. Alright, so have all of God's purposes for the 70 weeks of Daniel 9, 24 through 27 been fulfilled? In Daniel nine twenty four, the Lord revealed all that he intended to accomplish through, quote, his people, the Israelites, in his holy city Jerusalem during the 70 weeks. And this is where it says 70 weeks are determined upon the people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in an everlasting blessing righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy has God achieved all his purposes for his people and city during this extended time no he has not. The Lord has not yet brought everlasting righteousness to the world. Yes, Jesus did atone for our sins upon the cross, making reconciliation for iniquity. However, his purposes for the 70 weeks remaining complete. God has not accomplished all these things through Israel and more specifically through Jesus, his son. Because some would argue that the Lord has brought everlasting righteousness to the world and its spiritual sins through the church We must continue to examine the words of Daniel's prophecy. So what does Daniel say will happen to the temple during the 70th week? So Daniel 927 tells us that the midpoint of the last week, the future prince will desecrate a Jewish temple and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. He shall listen to this and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offerings. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Has the defilement already happened or does it await in future fulfillment? Some say that a Greek ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes fulfilled this prophecy in September uh, on September 6 171 BC when he offered a pig as a sacrifice on the author of the Jew on the altar of that Jewish temple but was this a precursor to Daniel 927 or its fulfillment those who have calculated the time of the first 69 weeks of Daniel's prophecy discover that this time period ended on the exact same day that Jesus rode triumphantly into Jerusalem one week before he was Cut off fulfilling the words of Daniel nine twenty six. It's illogical to say that the seventieth week occurred before the previous sixty nine. That's similar to saying the number of twelve comes before the number five. Secondly, and most importantly, the Lord Himself said that Daniel's seventieth week remained unfulfilled in His day, two hundred years after Antiochus defiled the Jewish temple. Jesus referred to the temple desecration when talking about the end of the age. Jesus in Matthew 24:15 referred to the to the fulfillment of Daniel 9:27 as a future event. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. When asked about the When he asked about the end of the age and his return to the earth, Jesus mentioned Daniel's prophecy of the desecration of the temple as a sign of these things. In AD 70, a Roman general named Titus destroyed the second Jewish temple along with much of Jerusalem. This set off a persecution of the Jewish populace that resulted in the death of a great many. A great many pastors and Christian teachers, writers today, claim that Titus fulfilled Daniel's seventh week as well as Jesus' words in Matthew 24, 15 twenty at this time however it is credible to say that titus fulfilled daniel's prophecy of the seven he goes however is it credible to say that titus fulfilled daniel's prophecy of the 70th week no it's not he says it's impossible that titus could have been the desolator of the temple during the 70th week of daniel because uh because what the apostle paul said about him Paul prophesied that Jesus will destroy the desolator of the temple at his second coming in 2nd Titus 2 3 and 4 three through four uh the paul i'm sorry paul uh, identifies the one who will desecrate the temple as quote the man of lawlessness and quote the one we refer to today as the antichrist and he says let no one deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless a rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of god proclaiming himself to be god the apostle tells us that the future desolator will blaspheme the lord sit in the temple of god and proclaim himself to be god this has to be the guy that the prophet talked about in daniel 9 and that jesus referred to in matthew twenty four fifteen. who else could it be jonathan asks paul then adds one detail about the one that will commit daniel's abomination of desolation at the halfway point of the 70th week and he says and then the lawless the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8 jesus himself will kill the future prince uh, that will desecrate the temple at his second coming so unless one is prepared to argue that jesus returned to the earth in AD 70 and killed the roman general at that time one cannot say that titus fulfilled daniel's prophecy so folks it gets really really good so it says in the words of scripture matter that the events of 927 can't reach fulfillment until the time just before the second coming because the bible tells us that jesus will kill the desolator of the temple at his return to the earth so i gotta fix my mic here guys sorry ah there we go <laughs> sorry about that so the apostle john witnessed the desolator's uh, future destruction so writing in 80 95 john tells us that the coming beast whom we identify as the antichrist will open its mouth to utter blasphemies against god blaspheming his name and his dwelling revelation chapter 13 6 this is the guy of daniel's prophecy nine twenty seven, as well as the one jesus referred to in matthew twenty four fifteen. he's also the man of lawlessness of second thessalonians uh, chapter 2 who else could it be So in Revelation 19, 19 through 20, John provides an eyewitness of the future destruction of this future beast, the very one who will desecrate the Jewish temple at the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week. And i saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army and the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who in his presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had mar- who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur so just as the apostle paul prophesied in second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 8 jesus will destroy the desolator or the desolators i like to call them of daniel nine twenty seven at his second coming the 70th week can't be fulfilled until there's again a temple in jerusalem the antichrist defiles it and jesus kills this desolator at his second coming iranius which is a ad 130 202 regarded the desecration of the temple as a future event. Arrhenius, an early teacher leader, a bishop in Lyons, France, and prominent theologian, wrote against heresies in 8180 to combat the spread of Gnosticism. He was born in Smyrna and received his training in the faith from Polycarp, whom the Apostle John himself discipled. In Against Heresies, Book 5, uh, Chapter 30, Section 4, Iranius wrote these words, and I quote, But when the Antichrist shall have devastated all things in this world, he will reign for three years and six months, and sit in the temple in Jerusalem, and then the Lord will come from heaven in the clouds in the glory of the Father, sending, his, sending this man and those who follow him into the lake of fire, but bringing in for the righteous times of the kingdom. And so, Uh, This quote is important for the following reasons, Jonathan said iranius writing 110 years after titus destroyed the second temple believed there would be a future temple in jerusalem that the future antichrist would defile and number two iranius said the said that the antichrist would sit in the temple in jerusalem exactly as paul said he would do in second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 and number three iranius also uh, predicted that jesus himself would destroy the antichrist in his second coming again just as paul described so Although Arrhenius words are not scripture, it's highly significant that a respected second century AD theologian believed there would be a third temple in Jerusalem in which the the still future Antichrist would sit and defile. So what's most relevant for our discussion is that Arrhenius wrote these things at a time when both Israel and a temple in Jerusalem didn't even exist folks i'm telling you so there must be a future 70 week of daniel for israel and jerusalem because let's put together the biblical evidence for placing the desecration of the third temple in the future so daniel predicted that a coming prince would be would put an end to the temple sacrifices and commit abominations at the temple uh, at the halfway point of the seventh week of his prophecy, and that is Daniel uh, nine twenty six and twenty seven. Of course, Jesus referred to Daniel's desecration of the temple and placed it at the end of the age as a sign of his return to earth. Matthew twenty four verses three and fifteen. Uh, the apostle Paul said that the Lord himself will kill the desecrator of the temple at his second coming. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses three through eight. In writing in eighty ninety-five, the apostle John wrote about a future beast who would blaspheme God in, in his dwelling, the temple, which is Revelation chapter thirteen, verse six. And John, number five, John witnessed the destruction of this beast the antichrist, as the Lord allowed the apostle to see related Uh, see events related to his second coming in revelation chapter 19 verse 20. number six since a key event in daniel's 70th week of years has not yet occurred the entire week must also await a future fulfillment and number seven since it's true that the entire 70th week of daniel awaits a future fulfillment then god's purposes uh for the nation of israel and jerusalem must also remain in effect so in the un's seven-year initiative prophetically significant yes it is we must not overlook the fact that the globalists of our day are thinking in terms of a 7-year commitment to their objectives this is rele- this is relevant not only because the 7th week of Daniel's prophecy remains unfulfilled <clears throat> But also because of the convergence of a great many signs pointing to the nearness of the seven year tribulation. These things should heighten our curiosity. He says, Please know that I'm not predicting the Lord will return for us this year with the Antichrist using the September UN meeting to put in place for seven year covenant of Daniel 927. He goes, I realize we might not be quite that close to the rapture, he says, but what if we are? What if Jesus comes for us today, this week, this summer? Are you ready? He asks. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm looking. Come, Lord Jesus. Please come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and I do want to throw out some of his books here. He does have uh, several books. This is Jonathan Brittner, by the way. And you can find it at JonathanBritner.com. But he does have his latest book, is Cancel This What Today's Church Can Learn from the Bad Guys of the Bible. The book is all about growing in maturity in Christ. The bad examples of these characters reveal the mindset we need for living in a time when the cancel culture dominates our culture. And of course he provides a a a, a detailed defense of the retribulation tribulation viewpoint in the triumph of the redeemed and eternal perspective that calms our fears and perilous times folks you guys can check out both of those um if you want to you can go to jonathanbrittner.com and i'm sure he's got them on amazon as well but i have one of his books as well he's very very good so let's jump to oh let's just go to king charles Charles. I call him K. Charles. K. Charles activates climate. Glock. Clock. <laughs> I got Glock on my mind. <laughs> it's good guns, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, it warns there is six years left to uh, limit global warming. There is a video included. I will put this link in the description of this podcast so you guys can watch the video if you so choose. This is by Christina Layla. Uh, uploaded on Jan- uh, June 28th to 23. To thegatewaypundit.com. K. Charles III in London, Mayor Sadiq Khan on Wednesday activated a climate clock, quote, warning there are about six years left to limit global warming. Mm. More like six years left until global communism, world, a new world order, and a one world currency. Quote, today with um, His Majesty King Charles III, we launched the climate clock, a visual reminder of the urgency of the climate crisis. The climate emergency poses a threat not only to the future of our city, City, but to the future of the world and that is why it must remain a key priority sadiq Khan said mm, you can watch that there here's the mayor of london uh shows all k charles up there oh yeah you guys you know, they got a big uh, they got big plans for us did you know you're part of those plans did you know they had plans for you they shall do so the daily mail reported k charles and london mayor sadiq Khan have launched a national climate clock which warns there's of course blah 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 the six years left into oh my gosh we're all gonna burn i'm sorry um the king they're gonna burn <laughs> we won't <laughs> if you take that mark of the bees you're gonna burn <laughs> you talk about climate change global warming <laughs> it's gonna be some warming going on where you're going mm. so I'm not going to say the king is what is quoted, but you guys just know I don't say that. I have one king, and that is Jesus Christ and Christ alone. So, the K was referred to as the K. Okay, okay. All right, so... <laughs> the K activated the clock during the Climate Innovation Forum at the Guild, Guild, Hall, Guild Hall in London today uh, to warn the world it has just six years and 24 days to limit the heating of the earth to 1.5 degrees centigrade. The clock also has a built in renewable energy lifeline which shows the percent of global energy coming from renewable sources currently sits at 12.5%. This tracks uh, factors, including renewable energy sources, land and inland waters managed by indigenous peoples. That's where they go to first. Climate debt monies contributed by countries to the Green Climate Fund and gender parity, gender parity, <laughs> more like a parody. <laughs> Like with an A R O D Y, not a P A R I T Y. So the clock is the latest in a worldwide project which brings together art, science, technology, and grassroots organization count down to the critical time window in which the globe must reach zero emissions. <laughs> You have six years, you got six years. Do you remember when he first started all this, like in the what was the 50, 70s seventies, sixties? We're global warming, we're gonna all gonna die. And then of course that didn't happen. It's global freezing, you got twenty years, we're all gonna freeze to death. And then it's global no, oh, it's global what? No. Climate change, it's climate change, it's climate, the climate is changing. We don't know where we're gonna fry or we're gonna freeze. But one of the two, you'll you'll do one of the two. It's the most ridiculous garbage. And people just shove it down their throats. Boy, they gobble, 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 gobble it all up, don't they? But you put some more sugar on that. You put some honey on there. Boy, it's good stuff. Gimme some more. Give me some more. You just tell me what to do. Y'all just tell me dictate my life and I will be so happy. Y'all just yeah, let me put all this stuff on. I you know, I stopped wearing my I stopped wearing my um my Apple Watch. I took it off. I'm not gonna wear it in the mirror. I used to like just, you know, kinda want of to see how much I slept. You know, how my sleep was. Pfft. I know how much I'm, I know. You know how I know how good I slept because when I wake up in the morning, if I feel good, if I feel good, I slept good. If I feel bad, I probably didn't sleep so good. Am I right? Yeah, we've got to break away from this. Here's the latest fad: do this, do that. You know what? I I, I was raised at a time when I lived on the farm, and there was nothing. It was nothing. Me and my brother used to play pocket cars in the dirt. And he's like, literally he's a genius. My brother's literally a genius. And so he we, we used to make all these like elaborate trails and boy had like little tunnels and the I mean it was so cool. His big old whooping willow tree there. I don't know if you guys know what those whooping willow trees are. Oh, beautiful. Um anyway, we had just had some I swam in uh, irrigation ditches. I helped my daddy irrigate corn and and uh rode on the tractor. Mama wouldn't let us drive a tractor, she said it was too dangerous. Wouldn't let us mow yards, so that's too dangerous. And, uh, and I got my first house. I'm like, I don't know how to mow my lawn. <laughs> I had a hire a I had to hire a lawn guy. I was like, that's like I could have saved that money you know <laughs> oh, but you know, but on the farm, we always had something to do I'd go play with the horses. I was always riding my bike. I tell you what me and my brother we built that my brother built these ramps, and i he told me to go first, you know, because I was smaller and lighter, and I guess if it held me, it might hold him too. And so we had all these crazy elaborate bikes. We with these BMX bikes and we had so much fun just, just riding. And then I ended up with like a 10 speed, 12 speed, not riding, you know, six or seven miles or four or five miles down to go see my great aunt and I'd ride back on that thing. And of course, living in the country, you know, but it was a highway down to their house and, uh, in just a half mile or about a half a mile up there to the road. But, um, yeah, those are days I wouldn't trade for nothing. I wouldn't trade that for this for even now when i live right now i you, know, you didn't carry your cell phones with it you just went yeah you, there were no cell phones you know if you if you crashed your car you crash your car you know there was no north star or whatever to call somebody for you um you know if you fell down your apple watch didn't notify nine one one. are you okay um you know what i mean we lived in a completely different time And when people got sick, they died at home. They didn't die in a hospital with tubes and all this garbage sticking out of them and everything. They died at home with dignity and with family. Today, we don't do that. Today, if you have COVID or a few years ago, you died in the hospital with nobody. Your family couldn't even come and see you. You got to get this jab if you want to come see grandma die. Wicked. Beyond wicked, folks. I get so angry when I think of these things. And uh, I mm, try not to think about it because I get angry. <laughs> and it's a righteous anger. It's not, you know what I mean? God said, we're supposed to get angry and hate things that God hates. We're supposed to get angry at sin and hate sin, you know? Uh, it's a different when It's for a selfish reason, you know? But uh, I think the, the, the world has forgotten that. God is a just God. always nice, oh, just love. God is love. But with love, you got to have justice, right? God hates sin hates it we should hate it too um but it was just a total simple time you know just there was like what three channels on the tv if you're lucky enough you know you turn that little dial on the bottom of the uhf you could get like 14 <laughs> 28 and whatever the other little channel was you could like to spend the little and if you just stood just describe it your rabbit ears and your tinfoil and all that stuff you know those were back in the days remember you guys remember we used to get those channels uhf channels remember but then they changed it to digital channels, and then everybody had to get a digital antenna, and then they had to go to these newer TVs. And they, see how they condition you, and they just force you into doing things. You know, they just keep it on, keep it on. Now they're getting these fifteen minute cities. I've been telling you guys about this for a very long time, and now that it's coming out into the mainstream media, now um, they're going to start forcing all that and then people don't realize that they're taking your freedoms away slowly but surely. God has given us an innate freedom. He's given us freedom. He's given us this beautiful planet Earth to enjoy, to eat meat. It's what's for dinner. Beef. Sorry, Pastor Billy, but I like chicken too. Buck buck, bok, bok, bok. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Pastor Billy. <laughs> if you guys don't watch Pastor Billy Crona, GetalifeMedia.com, GetalifeMedia.com. Um, he doesn't like chicken. Cracks me up. But anyway, it's very foul meat. <laughs> Just remember, he doesn't have a point. The lab-grown meat they've started is chicken. And there's no telling how long it's already been in the food line at your supermarket. Oh, you guys, that is absolutely correct. I'm going to pause this video because I've got to go get this statement. I want to read you guys. It's from Natural Grocers. If you guys have a Natural Grocers where you lived, or where you live now, it's great. I shop there, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the eggs. I may not get to the articles. I may have to do these other articles tomorrow, but this is important. This is very important. Uh, it's nutrition is what you're putting in your body. So let me go grab that article, and I'll be right back.